0: Welcome to Wait, You Can Do That, a podcast where we learn what jobs are out there through fun interviews with fun people about their journey doing things to pay for stuff. We talk about where they started, where they've been, where they are now, and where they might want to be. We also have a few thought adventures along the way. Let's learn together. Let's normalize choosing peers, and anyone for that matter, as role models, not just people that are our seniors. Um, With this perspective, I am honored to say we are speaking with Morgan Teal of Dance Waterloo today. Morgan Teal just makes everything look easy Um, Despite the many hours she dedicates to her numerous, and when I say numerous, I mean practically infinite projects, professions, and goals, she is full of incredible wisdom. And I say this as someone that is her age, but often feels just so much less knowledgeable on almost everything. (laughs) Morgan is an information-sharing baddie. She does not abide gatekeeping, though she does a fabulous job of making sure her time, knowledge, and expertise are all valued appropriately. Her mission, from the outside looking in, is to essentially just help people and to have a blast while she does it. She is an entrepreneur at heart, but chooses a very community and equity focused lens in which to pursue her passions while being sure she gets paid as she does it. Though we have known each other for several years, our friendship has been blossoming and deepening over the last few months specifically. During this time, I have come to admire her perspective, her creativity, her ingenuity, her verve, her know-how, her wisdom, and just... Overall, no bullshit attitude. Going into this episode, please keep in mind that you will certainly be able to take with you just so much juicy goodness. But the key takeaways I hope you carry with you are her confidence and belief and assuredness in herself, her ingenuity and how she handles obstacles and learns from literally everything she does. Her can-do spirit and how obstacles for her seem to basically just be brain exercises for how to get to her goal differently than initially planned. Her positivity and care for any and everyone, but how she keeps in mind her own needs, value, and care. Also, just that it's okay to have a lot of different things going on at once if it makes you happy and helps you feel fulfilled. You don't have to find fulfillment in just one Single thing. Please note that this episode is just so juicy. We had to split it into two parts as well. So we will have the second part coming here ASAP. And without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful interview with Miss Morgan Teal. The first thing that I like to ask people. Uh, without giving your job title, mm-hmm. if you had to tell an eight-year-old what you do for a living right now, how would you explain that to them?
1: It's mm. a good question. I would say I wear many different hats. Sometimes I put on a red hat. Sometimes I put on a blue hat. Sometimes I wear a red and a blue hat at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um And what that means for me is I have a lot of different jobs. I have several different jobs. Um, I help people grow in their personal development. Well, actually, I probably wouldn't say personal development to an (laughs) (laughs) eight-year-old, but I help people grow and I help people find joy and what sparks joy in their life. I make dances I create in all different types of ways and soon as of next week I will be helping a company better serve their community
0: that's a really great way to explain I think all of that especially that last one because mm-hmm. um, like at face value if you're talking to an adult it's a little bit com- more complex than that but ultimately mm-hmm. that's what the goal is for that job?
1: Yeah. You know, it's it, that's a funny question because um, the I used to nanny. Mm-hmm. And when I started nannying, the kid was eight. The kid is now 10. Mm-hmm. But recently, every once in a while, I'll still babysit for her. And recently, when I went over there, and she said, you know what, you should be a dancer. And I was like, um, I am and she's like oh well what about like a dance teacher I was like I am I'm that too I have a whole company <laughs> you know so it's it's funny like how kids sometimes like don't really see like the full picture of like our lives I guess or it doesn't translate to them yet or maybe like maybe i'm not translating like all that i do to them Mm -hmm. you know yeah
0: i think there there's a lot of simplifying that adults do for children that Mm -hmm. maybe it would be beneficial if we did more some like some more complexifying Mm -hmm. (laughs) to give a more rounded view for children before they get to that like point where they have to like choose the rest of their life
1: yeah yeah What was your first ever job? First job that I told the IRS or the Uh. (laughs) first job that I got cash for. (laughs) Let's do both. Okay. Um, So fun fact, I used to have a little lemonade stand. My parents are realtors and they also build houses. And my dad built this whole subdivision in my town And he let me set up a lemonade stand at the model home. And it was five five cents for a lemonade. And my dad told me as the businessman that he is that I should provide like a complimentary thing for people who come. And so I had mints as well. So the mints were free and the lemonade was five cents. Um, So that was my first Money making job was the lemonade stand in my parents' model home. And I set it up on a golf cart. Very important fact there.
0: (laughs) She was just eight years old when she started this lemonade stand. And then eight years later, at 16 years old, she started at her local Winn Dixie, a supermarket chain that got it started in Florida.
1: I loved working at Winn Dixie. And that was actually besides being a choreographer being a cashier was my dream job as a kid. I had Barbie cash register. I would like make my parents and my brother go shopping at Morgan's little corner store in the house and everything. And then when I got this job in high school, I was 16 and I was ecstatic. Like I remember the day time place everything that I got this job at the Winxie as a cashier i loved training i loved scanning bananas like i still remember plu codes to this day so fun. um and i did get in trouble a few times uh because i was trying to help customers save money <laughs> i would clip coupons in my free time at my house and then tuck them in my apron and anytime somebody came through and they had that item i was like wait hold up let me flip through my coupons that i have and i'll get you a dollar or two off and i got in trouble for that (laughs) so at the Wind dixie i liked it because it was very flexible schedule i was a very busy person So I was very active and had a lot on my plate, but then I still like, I wanted this job and it wasn't because like I needed the money or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my privilege in that, but I just really enjoyed helping people. But I had like a rough patch, like when I was 17 or 18 and I just stopped turning in my availability to the Mm -hmm. Windexy. So they like stopped putting me on the schedule. And I don't know, Now as like somebody who has worked in HR, I know like you terminated me, you know, but like I just stopped turning in my schedule and then somewhere down the line, like I was never actually fired or anything (laughs) or nobody told me, called me up and said like, hello, we're letting you go. You know, I just, it all just fizzled out kind of nicely, but it, it kind of haunts me today as an adult, because I could have been like more upfront to say like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to work here anymore or whatever, you
0: know? Yeah. So how long has Morgan
1: been in the workforce? Let's find out. I'm 30, so 14 years.
0: Is <laughs> wild that we can say that now?
1: It is wild because I feel like most of the time like people, actually, I think that's a great question because I think most of the time people think when you say how long have you been in the workforce, it's like post-college jobs and up. But there's so many skills that I learned in the two years that I was a cashier at Winn-Dixie, you know?
0: She mentioned here how she had been placed on what she called bread duty, standing by the door offering people loaves of hot bread, and how she would sort of get rejected here and there, she would have to say, welcome, do you want a hot loaf of bread for $1.99 to every
1: single customer that walked in? It sucked. I hated doing bread (laughs) duty because it's just like people are constantly like, no, no, no. Then you get the no's that like I start talking and, and they've already said no. I haven't even completed the sentence, you know? And that was an important rejection is important to learn you know because if you don't experience that then you might like not put yourself out there again but i was like constantly rejected every day people not wanting to buy my loaf of bread you know (laughs) so it's like yeah i actually have been in the workforce for 14 years and i've been rejected all all the time throughout (laughs) you know with nonprofit work, Mm -hmm. um, even with coaching, you know, following up on like leads with clients, you know, it's not, I don't take things personally now, especially like from a business standpoint, because I think of my own like user experience on like, sometimes I say, no, not right now. And it doesn't mean anything to the other person. You know, it's strictly like my money is better invested in this other thing right now. So let's all just
0: remember not to take rejection too personally here and utilize it as a way to learn and grow. But I like this question for this audience. What is the highest salary you have ever held?
1: As of late, 52. um, With my new job, be 70 70 from one single occupation and my goal is i'm prepping myself this year to get i want to be like six figures in 2024 ideally
0: that's an amazing goal and i really really can't wait to see you reach that what are all of the job titles that you hold at this one moment
1: so i'm artistic director of a dance company called dance waterloo it's a site-specific dance company I am an Enneagram life coach working for myself. As of next week, I will be community and employee experience coordinator for NXP. And that's a semiconducting company.
0: Are you able to tell us a little bit about like what your day-to-day looks like in each of those roles?
1: The dance company I spend maybe like seven-ish hours a week on. Give or take, because you know, if it's in the midst of a performance season, I might be working a little bit more. If it's if we're off season performance wise, I might work a little bit less, you know. So, I really enjoy the ebb and flow of that commitment. And as artistic director, anytime we do have a show, I coordinate all the schedules with the dancers, all the rehearsals, locations where the rehearsals are gonna be, everybody's time off that they need. You know, if they're gonna be out of town one week, uh, we wouldn't wanna rehearse with a dancer that's gonna be out if we can try not to, and then coordinating with the venue or any type of partner that we have that might be collaborating with us, coordinating with them to let them know when rehearsals are going to be and whatnot, and then also creating like the inception of a performance, the ideas behind it, who potential collaborators and partners could be, what type of dancers we're looking for for the production what they need to be good at Um, for example the most recent show that you were in Mm -hmm. was on a hammock treehouse for that it's like the dancers need to be like not scared of heights Side note, I absolutely am not a heights person,
0: nor am I a morning person generally, so Morgan played to my strengths as a dancer and choreographer and put my piece in the part of the show that would take place on the ground, the good old solid earth. It is a testament to her
1: leadership and coordination skills that she plays to everyone's strengths. That's the beauty of site-specific dance. It changes a performance we did 2 years ago we we could work with dancers that would be afraid of heights you know because it was on a flat surface so there's a lot of ebb and flow and and changing and resiliency required with that as a life coach i really enjoy working with clients around how they spend their time well i i believe that we should fill all of our day with things that we enjoy mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and doing more of what we enjoy. You know, there's so much that like we just normalize, like I'm just going to do this because I've always done this or I'm going to meet up with this person even though I don't really want to. But there's so much where like we haven't questioned, well, why are you meeting with that person if you don't want to? Why are you still doing this? Can you do it a different way? Mm-hmm. Um, and so having, sure, most definitely people cannot answer those questions themselves. But there is so much beauty in just giving that over to a coach and having the coach ask those questions to you. It's less work. So you can just spend your time like Thinking about your day instead of thinking about the questions that you need to think about, about thinking about your day. You know, it's, it's too much work, you know?
0: Yes. So meta. <laughs> yeah. Okay, y'all. This had me wild in. Full disclosure, I have utilized her coaching services and can say just, wow, she's incredible. Please take advantage of the offer. We will present at the end of this episode and get some solid coaching in with Morgan but I had not consciously realized during the coaching process that she was asking questions and it allowed my brain to quiet down a little and hone in on what was actually going on instead of worrying about asking myself the right questions. The silence in my brain from giving over the task of question development to someone other than myself was so imperative. It allowed for just enough relaxation to occur that I could actually answer them and step back to look at the answer truthfully and without value or moral judgment getting in the way. This led to some hashtag progress. So highly endorse that for sure. Even if maybe you don't go see Morgan specifically, definitely reach out for some coaching when you get a chance. But Morgan's really wonderful. So use that offer that we'll share.
1: There's a lot of greatness in like reflecting and everything, but there's, I personally, in my opinion, there's even more greatness when you can reflect outwardly to bounce ideas with somebody, to speak your truth mm-hmm. out loud, whatever that truth is, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, so you already told us what your dream job was when you were little. Did you, yes. like, what's your dream job now? Do you have one or are you doing it?
1: <laughs> I mean, dream jobs, I love dreaming. Mm-hmm. I I really do. I try to. I used to dream in the sense that like there is an end. The end goal will be this, you know. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, that actually doesn't. That isn't how life works because there never is an end until like your pulse ends, <laughs> like you're literally dead. So for me, I guess the next step in my dream would be to coach independently to enter to, to do that full-time and then of course like continue with the dance company um i have dreams of expansion for that having a physical location something that is also like a public space where community can come and like sit and enjoy themselves and watch dance that's the, the next for me it's like dreams are what's slightly out of reach but i'm gonna get there so much changes even in like within our year for me it's like letting yourself go where you're interested in instead of saying staying on something that no longer brings me joy Mm -hmm. this brings me a lot of joy i think that a lot of people get
0: stuck on that i'll be happy when or i'll feel fulfilled when or this thing is the next goal just constantly chasing new stuff instead of just knowing there is going to be constant evolution to what you're already enjoying. Morgan has done such a great job of bringing things into her life that already give her that sense of satisfaction. So she is starting from such a great
1: place. Let's switch gears now and start back with Morgan's educational journey. I actually applied to colleges with a different major at each one. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah. I applied to Florida State and my major was going to be in math. I applied to Southern California, which was like my dream school, you know, was getting the hell out of Florida (laughs) (laughs) Um, and go across the country. Mm -hmm. um, And my major I applied to there was musical theater. Uh, I applied to Central Florida with a major in education. And then I applied at Southern Mississippi with dance. Uh, I was waitlisted at Central Florida. I did not get into Southern California. I got into Florida State. I got into Southern Miss and I ended up choosing Southern Miss for dance because when I went there, my experience was just so great. I really enjoyed it and everything. And I don't think I enjoyed Florida State. Like when I went, I just felt very overwhelmed. For me, it was like a city where I would get lost in it, but not in a good way. You know, Mm -hmm. not in an exploring, wander type of way, but more like I'm gonna like lose myself like mentally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's what Florida State was gonna be for me. I think.
0: In regards to the college environment, this is major. Um pun intended if you listened to the get to know your host episode you'll recall that I hated my first ever college y'all what I didn't tell you is that it was partly due to the city it was in Houston is not for everyone and it certainly was not for me. The town and the overall culture in which your chosen college will be will actually have a significant impact on your overall experience. So please try to visit in person if you can, so you can get that gut feeling. Morgan, just added it again with the best insights. This is not to say that you absolutely can't overcome your environment, but it does make it a little more difficult to focus on what you're there to focus on. Now let's get back to Morgan.
1: I started there with dance and I also started with a theater minor, mm-hmm. but it was just starting to be too time consuming and I wanted to invest more time in my major. I felt like it was taking time away from what I wanted to spend in my major. Mm-hmm. And so I cut the, the minor out and just pursued dance through and through. I love that.
0: This question might seem arbitrary considering you know the path that you've gone down but it is important to ask um did that degree set you up for success in what you do now like the degree plan and like what you learned?
1: Yeah. Yeah I think so. It's interesting. I had a very tight knit group and I think everybody's experience was like very different. So some people did not if you asked all of my cohort that some people would say they were not set up for success you know? Mm -hmm. Um, There's many different layers to that. I think for me, being open was key to my success. Everybody's version of success looks different. So taking like an open approach to what I can create, you know? Oh my gosh. This next story is where it gets juicy
0: and so good and all of the pieces of her story started falling together for me.
1: So we were traditionally like a proscenium stage. Um, we had like a, a Cat Four tornado that came through and like destroyed the performing arts center. And so my junior and senior year, everything had to be site-specific. And so that was like pivotal and and has been foundational for my work as a creator and choreographer of a site-specific dance company, you know if it wasn't for that tornado, we might not be sitting right here today because I might not be a site-specific dancer, you know? Oh my gosh, Um, (laughs) And so I, I think I was set up for success, but it's like I made the most of the opportunity that I had. Some people were like, like, I'm gonna wait until the stage is created, you know? Because they were like, if you wait like a year to choreograph, then you can use the stage or whatever. But I was like, no, let's just, I'm gonna just, Make what I can where I can, you know, and so I like created this site specific dance film and this abandoned schoolhouse from like the fifties, and it was a lot of fun, and it was I'm set up for success when I can learn as I go. We had encounters with cops we yep. <laughs> we had shards of glass, <laughs> like all in our bodies yeah. (laughs) and so it's like those things were important for me to endure and experience so that like whenever i got to austin and started this dance company you know it's like right off the bat i'm like clear the area look for critters and and glass and everything and also like let's get this legally approved so we don't have to deal with cops (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) I wondered aloud here whether or not her school's curriculum contained information regarding creating a successful career outside of academia.
1: I would say they definitely did in the traditional dance college sense, mm-hmm. you know, of uh go to a big city, wait some tables and then dance on the side or get a Pilates instructor certification and then you can teach and then like do all these things you know and i think like the first time i heard that i was like "Fuck that (laughs) you know i don't want to wait tables i just don't let's sit with
0: this for a moment to prepare their students for a career in dance professors build it into their curriculum that to survive in this field outside of academia you will need to wait tables to support yourself financially. That the degree you are earning will not garner enough income to warrant doing it full time. This is not to discourage anyone from pursuing a career in the arts or in dance specifically. Rather, it is a moment I hope we can all take in and commit now to dedicating ourselves to supporting the artists around us more. There are many other professions that are similar and that they require a lot of training for very little income, a passion career, if you will. So let's not scoff at the ticket price for the next live performance we go to or the doodle of a cat on the coffee shop wall. It will take every single one of us to create a new culture around the monetary valuation of arts professionals. And that starts right here as you listen to this incredible human that is Morgan Thiel speaking about her own experience.
1: And I I never did. I mean, for one, I'm too clumsy. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants me to wait their table. (laughs) (laughs) But I did work at a coffee shop when I first moved to Austin uh, post-grad and loved it, you know, kind of back to the cashier experience. Mm -hmm. I think that I really enjoy having jobs sometimes where it's like, go, 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 go. It's almost like a mental release for me. All to say they they did talk about like career and stuff like that. I think they could have done more. And I think that there's like more avenues that dancers and artists can have. You can also work a nine to five and that can be okay. And to me, that was like liberating as a creator because I was like, Oh, I can make money and it can be steady and then I can physically I am able to move at the end of it because I'm sitting here at a computer the whole time. So I'm I have the energy to move my body after. That was what I needed, but I didn't take that approach when I first moved here because I thought I had to have this hustle, you know. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. And this is where we will go ahead
0: and pause this conversation so we can pick it back up next week. While you're waiting for the rest of Morgan's episode, please join us for the second part of our mini-sode, like a glove or a caftan. In this part, we will discuss how to determine the company will meet your needs before accepting a role. This will air this upcoming Saturday. And before I let you all go, keep thinking about everything we have learned today. I just love hearing how Morgan assesses her situations and rolls with the turbulence, which she seems to view less as an inconvenience and more as a new partner in her dance. We'll pick this back up with her again very soon, and until then, please enjoy your week. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go, I almost forgot, you guys. I'm so excited to announce that we, A, have a discount code that Morgan has generously offered us. It is just, wait, you can do that, all one word, for 10% off any of her services. And you can utilize that by going to her website, enagrammorgan.com, which we have linked in our show notes. And B, that we now have an Instagram account. It's just at, wait, you can do that, which is all one word. And we have a link tree with um, lots of great links related to the podcast. Just link in bio, link tree. Love it. And we have enough listeners to have unlocked listener support. So if you want to go straight through Spotify or Anchor.fm, we have a link there available for you to just drop some coins here and there, some money love for the podcast if you're interested. Um, It is not required, of course. Please don't feel like I'm requiring you to do that. We want you to be able to listen as free as can be. But if you want to support us financially, even if it's like five cents here, two cents there, maybe a dollar... Buy me a coffee. Four bucks. Who knows? Um, Just go to anchor.fm slash, wait, you can do that, slash support. And it's that easy. You can go ahead and either subscribe if you feel like it or make it a recurring donation or um, just donate whatever you feel like. We also have unlocked ambassador ads. Please don't worry. I won't make it obnoxious. But the more I can get paid for this, the more I can bring wonderful goodness to your ears so donate and just get ready for a few ads here and there don't forget to use that wait you can do that 10 percent off discount code for all of morgan's services and don't forget to engage with our community via patreon.com slash wait you can do that or our instagram at wait you can do that okay have a wonderful week we love you goodbye this has been wait you can do that i am sarah wingfield your host we wish you all a lovely week thank you for listening go craft your life in you style